Greetings, and welcome to episode 13 of Ending the Sexual Dark Age. I'm J.D. Altharos, and this week I've got another fun round of listener mail and comments to share with you. For those who may just be joining us, this show is dedicated to providing the straightforward information on sex and sexuality that you would have learned from society, if society was indeed civilized. If you like what you hear, I sincerely suggest that you go back to the beginning and listen to past episodes to catch up with the rest of us. As for me, as you guys can probably hear, this is still pretty much the house of plague. I am working like hell at getting over pneumonia and it feels like I'm coming down with something else, so I sound like hell. But I did not want to miss out on doing a show simply because I feel like shit. For today, I'll dive right in with a guy in Italy who's got a few questions. Andrea writes, In episode 10, you mentioned something that you recently discovered to remove the hair from your pubes, and I didn't understand the name of it. My mother tongue is in English, in fact, I'm Italian. I usually use scissors to shorten the hair, and the last time I used a razor, but I'd like to try the thing you use as it seems it does great. What's the name of it? This part of Andrea's email actually made something occur to me now that my international audience is growing really quickly. I'm obviously American, so whenever I'm referring to products, etc., there'll be stuff available in the U.S., but it doesn't always occur to me that people outside the U.S. might not have any fucking idea what Nair is. So, to explain that, Andrea, Nair is a brand of hair removal cream, also referred to as depilatory cream, that's one of the most popular American brands. Another big one here is called Veet, V-E-E-T. The same basic product should be available at any decent pharmacy in the civilized world, or you should certainly be able to order something online. If you ask your local pharmacist for depilatory cream or hair removal cream, they should be able to get you fixed right up. Just remember that all the manufacturers of this stuff have several different formulas, and usually one that's designed to work on pubes that's less harsh than what a woman would use on her legs or underarms, for example. So as always, make sure your balls get the sensitive skin treatment. Andrea goes on to say, I'm young and I recently found a girlfriend. We're both virgins and I'd like to make love to her. I tried to openly communicate with her. I tried to talk with her about sex and such things to make us more intimate, and it worked. However, the problem is that she wants to do it at, after at least three or four months. That is, I'll have to wait until at least next year. And I really can't do it. I mean, I'm really attracted to her, her body, the way she moves, and every time I see her, I'd like to have some naked time with her. Is there any possible strategy to convince her that waiting is useless? Or at least that I can't see a real reason to wait? I mean, she said that her body was ready to do it, but not her mind. Well, Andrea, this is something of a dicey subject and somewhere you do need to tread carefully. You're a guy, you have a girl that you're totally into, and you can't wait to get into her panties. This is all totally natural. But there's only so much you can do if she's got it in her head that she wants to or needs to wait. The fact that she's put an actual timetable on things indicates that she's dealing with an internal struggle that's been foisted on her by the sexual dark age. Young women are basically taught that men are supposed to suffer and beg for unreasonably long amounts of time to prove that they deserve some pussy. Women also have a natural tendency to worry about whether a guy wants them just for sex. It's totally okay to want them for sex, but they want to make sure it's not just for sex. Once someone is older and well into exploring their sexuality, this concern tends to naturally fade, but with a virgin, it's going to be right at the front of her mind. Basically, she's never given her body to anybody, and she wants to make sure that the first guy to get some both deserves it and intends to be around for a while. So the basic thought process in her head probably goes something like, Well, if he's willing to hang around for that long without getting any pussy, that means he must want me for more than just my pussy, so now he can have some pussy. No, it really... It, you're a guy, I'm a guy, so no, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense to the girl. 
So, if you're into her enough to really, really want her, you're going to have to play the waiting game. But there are some things you can do to speed up the timetable without being pushy. The last thing you want to do is pressure her into something she's not ready for. Your job is to help her feel ready sooner than she expects to. You're already building intimacy by talking about sex, which is absolutely where you should have been starting. Open communication is the road to all great things in sex, so just keep that up. Make sure she knows you want her and not just her pussy, because that's the big worry in the back of her head. The next step is physical intimacy, and at this stage, that means massage. Non-sexual massage will get her more comfortable with your hands on her body, and more importantly, it will get her to start associating your hands with pleasure and tranquility. The key is also not to be too grabby and not to try moving to a front massage from the back massage too awful quickly. But you're intimate, you're in a relationship, and a little bit of kissing on the neck, just let nature take its course, but remember not to be too pushy, but try to be sensual instead of being sexual. If you can effectively reassure her that you want to be more physically intimate with her, but you don't intend to push her into accepting your cock in her pussy before she's ready for it, you can start moving towards some light naked time that doesn't actually involve sex. If she knows that taking off all or some of her clothes doesn't automatically equal giving up her virginity, then you'll get her clothes off that much quicker. Uh, it's kind of like what I was talking about in episode 12. You know, women tend to associate getting their pussies licked with getting fucked immediately afterwards because that's what usually happens. Well, a woman who's not real sexually experienced, you know, she's probably trying to keep her clothes on because she's imagining as soon as she takes her clothes off, pow, your dick's in there somehow, you know. That's not what's going to happen, but she doesn't have the experience to understand that you two can spend some time naked and getting to know each other's bodies without penetration. Tell her that you don't want her to do anything before she's ready for it, but tell her there are things you'd like to do to her, like licking her pussy. Episode 12 got into this in more detail, but you should be doing things like offering to go down on her without expecting her to reciprocate. This will go a long way towards showing her that you're focused on her pleasure and her comfort level, and it will also go a long way towards making her want your cock. Also be aware that most women are generally willing to make their hands and mouths available before they give up the big P. And that's where you should be focusing your attention, but not by outright asking for it. Reassure her that you're not going to try to stick your cock in her without explicit permission. Don't constantly ask if you can stick it in after you get her naked. Just use your fingers and tongue as much as she will let you and let things take their course. Get to know every inch of her body other than her pussy. Focus on all the rest of it and eventually you will get invited in. She'll develop a natural desire to reciprocate at her own pace. Sexuality has a lot more to offer than just sticking it in her pussy, so you should be focusing on the everything else. The key is to tease her without making her feel pressured. If she knows you're okay with waiting until whenever, she'll be ready a lot sooner than if you make it a constant topic of conversation and make it like, well, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? And for Andrea's final question, he writes, she also told me that while trying to play with her pussy, after episode 7, I asked her if she masturbates. She said she didn't and we talked about the topic, she feels some kind of pain in her belly. Is it a mental problem or something, and is there a way to solve it? Well, this is definitely an area of concern as a health issue for her, but also as a potentially huge cock block. While I attempt to have a respectable understanding of all things sexual, I admit that I am not an absolute expert when it comes to all the inner workings of the baby factory. 
but I can tell you that the girls do have a fuck of a lot more going on down there than most of us ever attempt to fathom. Physical pain as a result of masturbation or any kind of sexual stimulation is not normal. It's probably not something that's in her head. It's entirely likely she has some kind of medical issue, very likely something minor, but it's something she needs to see her gynecologist about right away. Pain as a result of sexual stimulation of any kind is not good, it's not normal, and it's definitely something to see a doctor about. Next up, a post from Eyes Wide Open on the website. He says, I want to demote my dick and let other tools help me, but my wife and I have had some problems in our marriage. I have not been able to claim that pussy is mine for a long time. Now when we have arguments, I don't want to have anything to do with her, so I end up jacking off by myself. I hate that I cannot get over myself and just fuck her, so we both end up not enjoying each other. All the things that you've posted before have given me a big kick in the balls, but I'm not sure how to get back on the right path to making her happy again. I'm trying to get over myself and just do it, but that first step back seems hard. My wife is a very, very independent woman, and it's sometimes intimidating how frank she can be when I don't try to lay the pipe. I just back off. Well, eyes wide open, it sounds to me like the issues you had in your marriage basically led to your sex life going into a coma. Marriage is a very funky balancing act, and it's easy for sex to stop being a priority even when there aren't specific issues revolving around it. Still, you want to get things back on track and fix that part of your marriage, and I think you've got, I've got a decent place for you to start. I'll be doing an episode in the near future that focuses on thawing the ice, which is the process that you need to get going on. Sounds like your sex life with your wife has pretty much gone into a coma. It needs to reboot. From the way you phrased a few of your comments, it also sounds like she'd probably like some cock, but you're trying to deal with a mental block that's keeping you from giving it to her. Unfortunately, sex falls by the wayside in a lot of marriages, due to the humdrum ins and outs of daily life. Luckily for you, you're aware of the problem, and since it's on your end, you have more options. To give you somewhere to start, I'll offer a sneaky option and a straightforward option. The sneaky option is to try rebooting your sexual relationship on your own. You need to take your own sexual power back and seduce her all over again. Think back to when you two first got together, the things that you did for fun, and more specifically, the things you did that got you into her panties in the first place. At this point, you're having trouble being sexually assertive, so try to get your head back to a place where you were being sexually assertive in this relationship. Whatever marital issues derailed your sex life, they'll probably always be in the back of your head. But if you can get yourself focused on the good times before that shit happened, you're way more likely to get the little voices to shut the fuck up. To echo something you said, you need to feel like that pussy is yours again, and the only viable way to do that is to actually reclaim it. Going back through some of the moves that got you that pussy in the first place should help you get your head back on track. Start looking at her again as a woman you want to start fucking, instead of a woman you want to start fucking again. That should give you a healthier perspective, and I'm betting you'll know what to do next. The straightforward option, which a whole lot of women would actually appreciate more, is to sit down with her and tell her that you want to give your sex life a fresh start. Try telling her about the show if you think she'd react well to it. Tell her it's improving your attitude towards sex and your attitude towards her and see if she'd be willing to listen with you. Although a lot of it's come through private emails, I've gotten a shitload of positive feedback from the girls regarding the homework assignments. And if you can get your wife on board with the show, every bit of homework represents a chance to repair some small part of your sexual communication with her. You know your wife and I don't, but I can tell you that most women are so used to men who never share their feeling, feelings openly 
that sitting down and starting a serious health of the relationship conversation can have amazing healing properties on its own. If she knows you're trying to reboot your sex life, then she has the option of participating, and you'll have to judge how she'd likely react to that. The fundamentals of healthy sexuality always revolve around open communication, so rebuilding that is also a great first step. You've said that you're having trouble mustering up the courage to just do it. That if you sit her down and talk to her, and also tell her that you want her, but you feel like you've lost the ability to make the first move, and also tell her that you'd like nothing more than to keep all your clothes on and just go down on her right then, right there, all she has to do to remove your entire mental block is spread her legs. Sometimes focusing on a single step and psyching yourself up for it without letting all the rest of the extraneous bullshit drag you down will help you get over the hurdle without being intimidated by the grand scope of fixing your relationship. To wrap up this question, I would like to say I really was working with some pretty limited info since I don't know the nature of what derailed your sex life in the first place. So I had to make some assumptions. So eyes wide open, if you'd like to give me a shout with some more info or discuss what I've suggested before you do anything about it, I would be more than happy to talk with you some more. Next up, Ninja called in to let us know that Walgreens Pharmacy is carrying genuine vibrators in addition to their wide variety of fun lubes, etc. that I mentioned in episode 8. I decided to check out the Walgreens website and lo and behold, they're starting to carry a selection of sex toys and gear that is not expansive, but definitely really fucking respectable for the neighborhood drugstore, where your granny goes to get her prescriptions filled, and now where she goes to get her prescriptions filled and her batteries. They've got the Doc Johnson's iRabbit multifunction vibrator, which is quite a nice example of a multi-purpose mechanical schlong, along with various other bedroom goodies. The stuff I saw on the website isn't sold in the stores, but Ninja says that her local store is carrying a very nice dong or two that she is hoping to pick up and try out. As you might imagine, Ninja, we'd certainly be interested in your reviews, and I'd like to give Walgreens a big shout-out for being a mainstream company doing a little something to weaken the sexual dark age. Ninja also had a few things to say on how she feels about getting surprise head, and she is pretty enthusiastic, so I'll just play that part of her call. I don't know if Looking needs to be endorsed by a chick or more chicks. I don't want to endorse it. Please, please do surprise head. A good time is like morning head. Great for guys. It's even better for chicks. It's just, I've had great experiences with that. I couldn't. It's awesome. Please do it. Please do it today. Like, right now. Stop listening to me and do it right now. It's that good. Every chick. Every chick likes that shit. I don't care what she says. She loves it. So please, please, please do it. Okay, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> now, if any of you guys would like to follow Ninja's suggestion and go lick some pussy right now, I always endorse pressing pause for a good cause. I'll be here when you're done. Our next comment is from Sassy, who says, I want to agree that mind-blowing sex is certainly possible between two consenting adults. However, I must present a caveat that most men, or at least I assume, don't seem to realize. Amazing sex is only possible when all the parts are working. My lover and I discovered through a somewhat long and painful for him battle. Oh, circumcision. I had no idea that so many things could go wrong. JV, if you think sex is in the dark ages and just mentioned botched circumcision to a circumcised man, you'll have discovered a whole new taboo. I can see you wincing right now. And yes, for the record, yes, I winced when I read this. 
All this to say, men, there are ways to deal with a circumcised penis that may hurt while practicing any form of stimulation. Seriously, my man bled while fucking me, I thought the bleeding was left up to me, and we couldn't figure out why until we realized that he had a skin bridge. Long story short, his dick was sliced as an infant, mom thought, because they are told to think that since he is cut, it's less work for mom. The skin healed but fused to the head of the cock. Messy picture. However, there is a procedure that can fix all this, so I want guys out there to know that sex should be pleasurable and not painful, so get that shit fixed and get on with the fucking. Thanks for sharing that, Sassy, and I can assure you that the phrase botched circumcision will definitely send a chill down any man's spine. To reiterate, if any of you guys have issues with physical pain during sex, you need to get yourselves to a urologist, aka the cock doc, as soon as possible. While whatever problem you might have might seem embarrassing to you, I assure you that a guy who works on dicks for a living has seen it before. You're probably a simple procedure away from pain-free fucking. Sassy also said that she wasn't sure where to post her comment on the website, so she just picked a page at random, which is totally fine. That did raise a flag for me, however, since I don't think anyone should ever hesitate to post something because they don't know where to post it. To correct this issue, I have created a new page on the site, accessible through the top menu called The Bathroom Wall. If anyone within the sound of my voice has anything at all to say to or share with myself, Shara, or the rest of the audience, and there isn't an appropriate topic already posted, feel free to scribble whatever you like on the bathroom wall for all of us to see. As with everywhere else on SexualDarkAge.com, you can post and reply completely anonymously, so this is one more way for you guys to join the conversation if you're willing. You guys will remember from the last listener mail episode, Curious Kitty. And this next question comes from her dom, Leah. He writes, I'm really glad that you answered Curious Kitty's question, and I think I've been doing everything you suggested her dom does. I'm kind of new to group sex. When Kitty posted her question, we'd only had two threesomes at the time, and we just had our third on Saturday. Hearing you and Shara talk about it made her day today, so thanks for that too. So, any advice for a dom trying to help his subs work through all their insecurities and shame from trying to conform to social norms all their lives? Well, Liam, it honestly seems like you're already doing the really important stuff. Once you've taken the plunge and you're actually in the poly relationship, a lot of the pitfalls are more centered around jealousy than social norms. The social issues really start to pop up if the situation works well for all three of you and ends up being long-term. Eventually, you have to deal with who goes where for the holidays, who says what to their families, etc., etc. The best way to battle the dark age in the meantime is to just foster a healthy personal relationship between the girls. Positive experiences are their own reinforcement, and if the girls are happy together and have a positive relationship between them, a lot of the bullshit of the dark age will melt away on its own. If you end up wanting to take your threesome long-term, it all revolves around the girls and the relationship that they're building with each other. It's obvious that Kitty is having fun and actively working through the minor issues she's already facing regarding sharing her dom with another submissive, so that's a big mark in your favor here. If things are going well with your current third, the best you can do is work at fostering a positive relationship between the girls outside of the playpen. I'm going to suggest that you focus your energies on the following things. First off, continue making sure that Kitty feels like your primary submissive. Pay extra attention to her during play and continuously reinforce that whatever fun you're having in a pile of naked people, her happiness and comfort is your primary concern. If there ever comes a time when your third becomes a full partner in the relationship, which seems to be something you're working towards, tell Kitty that it will only happen if she asks you to make it happen. 
it's important for submissives to know that they can exercise control over the big ticket items in the relationship, even if they choose not to. And this is an especially appropriate place for the Dom to take a passive role. If your relationship does indeed transition into a full-time three-way, it will be important for you to set aside alone time with each of the girls, making sure they both get enough individual attention outside the playpen. But at this stage, you shouldn't be having alone time with your third playmate. Alone time with you should be a benefit of being a full partner in a relationship with you. And unless your third has that status, she shouldn't get any. It will be something that reassures Kitty and affirms her status with you. It will help make sure Kitty knows that you'd choose her if you had to choose between the girls. This is the kind of thing that you need to softly but regularly reinforce simply because the mind has a pesky way of dreaming up new doubts and insecurities even after you think they're dealt with. In addition, the girls should definitely be spending girl time together without you around. It's your discretion as to whether or not their time alone is allowed to involve play. And you should talk with Kitty and make some decisions on that. But for a long-term threesome to work, you need to have non-sexual personal bonds between everyone involved. Before your third ever gets full partner status, she and Kitty need to be close friends as well as playmates, and they need to spend plenty of time together doing girly shit that we, as guys, prefer not to be involved with at all anyway. So, Liam, if this raised any new questions or you got anything else to say, feel free to give me a shout. Continuing on the topic of Kitty for the moment, she and Liz have been talking a little bit on the website. Liz obviously has quite a bit of poly experience, so instead of chopping this up with commentary, I'll just share some great advice from Liz with the rest of you guys. After hearing Listener Mail Volume 3, Liz posted, In the case of threesomes, I have experienced the same sort of concerns as Curious Kitty. The way I deal with it is to ask my primary, after the fact, whether the other girl did anything that I don't do, that I can learn and add to my own list of skills. This goes for when we have separate play, too. When one of us gets home from a play date, we talk about what we did and if there is anything new and interesting that we need to add to our own sex play. Kitty responded by asking, Do you or have you ever felt that because you didn't do something that the other girl did, that you are not that great? To which Liz responded, I guess if there was something that came up where our secondary busted out a move that I don't do, I would talk about it with my boyfriend later, and I would want to know if he liked it and if it's something that he wants me to do, and then decide if it's something I'm willing to try. I'm pretty open and adventurous, so I can't think of anything that someone might bust out in a threesome scenario that I would flat out say no way to. I guess anal sort of falls into that category, but it's not off the table, just something that I only do when it's just the two of us. It is okay to have boundaries. I guess my advice would be to have an open mind about being adventurous in bed with your primary partner, even if the topic at hand isn't something you're willing to do in a group sex scenario. If it's something that you are completely unwilling to try or are disgusted by, you can always ask the other girl not to do that particular thing in the group setting, or accept the fact that you do not have to service all of your primary's needs all of the time. Now repeat that, because that's one of the best turns of phrase in this entire comment from Liz. Accept the fact that you do not have to service all of your primary's needs all of the time. Liz goes on to say you might also be able to include yourself in some way without actually performing the action yourself. For example, if we were talking about anal sex, what if you got yourself a strap on and did a little DP with your girlfriend? He can have the back door, you can take the front, you can be taking an active part in the play without having anything enter your anus. I highly recommend the strapless strap-ons worn with the harness. It allows you to have some internal stimulation but maintains the control of a regular strap-on. Now, I'd like to thank Liz for sharing this excellent bit of advice on the site, and I want to underline a couple things that she said. 
I'm obviously a huge proponent of being sexually adventurous, but everyone should remember that opening a new door doesn't have to mean opening the floodgates. Sex is life's greatest adventure, but like any other adventure, you should take it a step at a time. And it's not only okay to have boundaries, it's important for you to have boundaries. You should endeavor to know what your limits are, what you're willing to do, and what you aren't. You should try to explore things you might be willing to do. Group play is an excellent place to do that exploring and to get exposed to things that maybe you never would have thought of. But as Liz said, one of the benefits of group play is that you are not 100% responsible for everyone else's satisfaction. It really is a team sport. Having a secondary playmate who's into things that you're not doesn't diminish you at all. Even though your natural self-consciousness can make it seem that way, it's just not the case. As long as communication stays healthy and everyone comes out of playtime with a smile, then everyone wins. Now, to hit one last quick topic before getting Shara on the mic, Chancer emailed saying, My curiosity is really getting the best of me. Do tongue rings and Prince Alberts really enhance the sensations for him and or her? Well, the answer to that question, Chancer, is a sort of complicated yes. Piercings definitely serve to make the pierced skin more sensitive, both because of the piercing itself and because there's now a piece of metal that can be tugged on and uh, pulled against. For example, putting nipple clamps on nipple rings will pull on the skin without the pinching sensation that you get from the clamps alone. Or you can just grab on the rings and give them a tug. I've known more than one woman who had her hood pierced with a ring that rested right on her clit and pretty much constantly stimulated it. And I have to say, those girls were both constantly horny and very, very happy with their piercings. When it comes to the tongue studs in Prince Albert's, I don't personally have either. I've played with women who had tongue studs, and it was definitely an interesting added sensation during a blowjob. But it's not the kind of thing that, like, I couldn't live without it. Now, Prince Albert is definitely going to be an added sensation for a woman when your cock's inside of her. And I've known women who just who swear, oh, I gotta fuck this guy with a cock stud, and I never want to fuck a guy who doesn't have one again. I have heard that. However, that's not going to be the response of every woman. Having a Prince Albert is like might be like any other skill or little trick that you know in the sack. You know, it's going to be something that stands out with women, but you know, very rarely is it going to be something that they can't live without after they've had it once. One very important aspect to remember with Prince Alberts is that they make condom use way more dangerous. So you need to factor that into your decision-making process before even considering going about getting one. I've known a lot of women who wouldn't fuck a guy with a cock stud because they were afraid, very justifiably, mind you, that the thing had a good chance of tearing a condom up. So, you know, it's kind of a big decision. You know, get a, get a big metal stud shot through your cock. You know, okay, woohoo, you know, you're married or, you know, you got a regular girlfriend. Well, woohoo. Well, you know, what if that relationship messes up or if your relationship isn't something that's serious and long term, eventually you're going to have to wrap that fucking sausage again. And if you got a Prince Albert, you are got you got all kinds of STD and possible pregnancy issues unless you take it out and let it heal up and then have it redone and again fucking imagine that. Overall, I'd say that if you are a person who is already into piercing and body mods, then tongue studs, hood piercings, or Prince Alberts are certainly a natural expression and extension of body modification that you might want to consider. In most cases, you're not going to lose anything because of them. I'd also say, however, that whatever fundamental sexual benefit you might get from a tongue or a cock stud, it's not one of those things that can't be compensated for in other areas. Sure, a tongue stud gives you one more way to tease a pussy or a cock, but it's not like you're short of options in the first place, right? So it's not like anyone should ever feel like they're obligated or like their playmate is somehow missing out on something because they don't have one. As for me, I have this very simple personal policy regarding my cock. One hole is enough. 
And so now we have Shara joining us for this episode of Listener Mail, Volume 4. Hi. This is another episode. Well, again, we have the House of Plagues, so uh, Shara has not been here most of the weekend. She has not seen any of my notes. She has no idea what I talked about on this episode. So this time, the audience gets a completely fresh perspective. Completely fresh. The first, uh, the first listener that I talked about today is a guy from Italy named Andrea, who uh, is in his first serious relationship. Uh, he's a virgin, and so is his girlfriend. Okay. And he was looking for basically advice on how to get in her panties as quickly as possible because she wants to make him wait. You know, she actually put a number out there. You're going to have to wait three or four months. And he's like, ah, you know, because he's a guy. Would you happen to have any advice for a young guy trying to uh, get a girl to shuck her shorts for the first time? She said three to four months? Yeah, yeah, she put a timeline on it, basically. Well, I think he needs to be open and honest with her because that's, I'll go back to the same thing that I always say is you and I are extremely honest with each other about everything. So I think open communication and honesty is most important. He might have to tell her, well, I don't want to wait that long, and so I might be looking elsewhere in between there or might say, you know, I want to figure this out and see what we can do to change well, that. Well, you know, I mean, he's a virgin too. So, I mean, he's he's kind of got his hooks in there. I mean, it's not like he's just going to turn around and tap something around the corner or something, you know. Hmm. Well, really? There's always women out there looking for male virgins. <laughs> oh, really? Sure. Well, you say that like you've got a list of them. <laughs> well. I mean, not that that list would do me any fucking good, but just out of curiosity. <laughs> Well, I don't think that would work for me now. She is totally blushing, guys. <laughs> she is totally blushing. I'm just saying I wouldn't be doing that now, but back then in the day, I... Oh, so wait a minute. How many male cherries did you take back in your <laughs> slutty teenage years? <laughs> well, you know, I I prefer the more experienced, but... But that's not an answer to the question. Perhaps two. Perhaps two? <laughs> So what okay, does that so mean, four? Back to Andre's question. Is is this or is it not my show? <laughs> it's your show. Okay, so we're talking about what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this right but now. You, <laughs> you already asked me a question. So I think we should stick to that point of view and not get lost on track for these poor people listening to the podcast. And the entire time it would have taken you to actually answer my question is less answer. than the time you spent trying to dodge it. <laughs> I did answer No, it. you said like something like two and I, I said, said perhaps. four. You said perhaps two and I said, what does that mean four? And you giggled and tried to change the subject. Well, no. I, it was two. It was two. Okay. It was two. But anyway, I feel for him because it's a tough situation, but when he gets to three or four months... It could turn out that she says, I'm not ready yet, and it's going to be another four months. So I think, number one, him listening to your podcast will be helpful. And perhaps maybe he might even want her to listen, but it just depends on where her head's at. If she's a virgin, she might not be anywhere near where a lot of your podcast listeners are at. Well, right. You know, actually, one of the things that I, I didn't think to mention when I was recording the earlier part of the podcast is that, you know, I mean, we kind of focus on losing virginity as, you know, getting the dick in the pussy, you know, and, and that's all well and good. But I remember being a teenage guy, you know, and really, as long as he can get it in there anywhere, you know, pick a hole, he's going to be in way better shape than he's in right now. So, well, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so and the, I know that the pussy is, you know, is like a, is like a big psychological and spiritual block for a lot of women. I mean, you know, when I was, Hell, when I was a teenager, girls were giving up their ass before they give up the pussy, especially those Catholic schoolgirls. <laughs> well, now I love that. Only one hole is sacred. God, I don't, I don't know who came up with that, but 
I, but I, a lot of women, uh, especially virgins, are afraid of getting fucked in the ass. So I'm not sure that that would be the. Oh no, no, I'm not. Yeah, I, Andrea, I'm not suggesting that you try to get anal action. You know, but however, a blowjob might work. I mean, well, yeah, you know, you know, I'm know, not right? sure where her head's at. Maybe or he handy, can, you know, as Randy Marsh would say, "Oh, an old fashioned." <laughs> That's true. So maybe he could touch that approach with her a little bit and see. And maybe they already have. Has he said that to you? No, I mean, he didn't say one way or the okay. other. Okay. So maybe he could do a call into you and let you know. I'm if guessing if he was getting blown, he probably wouldn't be as stressed. You're probably right. Yeah. So, but he might want to talk to her about, about that and see where her head's at. I just think they need to have some very open communication about sex going forward. Well, and it seems like they do because he's been, he's actually been discussing the show with her. I don't know if he's been playing it for her, but he's been discussing the show with her and uh, on getting her playing with herself. And, you know, so, I mean, it seems like they're moving forward. And really the thing that stuck out for me was that she said, you know, she told him she wants to wait three or four months. And that immediately implies to me that there is, you know, there's like an overriding force, you know, like she feels like, well, I got him however long he's been with her. Uh, she's been convinced that you got to make a guy wait six months before you give him any pussy or something, and you're well, making days on a calendar. Well, for for some virgins, part of it is giving it up means, is this guy going to fuck me and then leave? Right, hit it and quit it. Right, so hit it and quit it. Okay. Drive by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that might be a very big concern for her. And um, that being said, I think that he needs to reassure her of that to some point, but I think that uh, that might be one of the reasons that she's waiting. Is she's concerned that he's just going to, you know, say, okay. Oh, yeah. and I, I mentioned that. That's probably a big part of it. You know, I mean, after four months, if he's still around and in the picture and he's been willing to wait, then she's probably feeling like, okay, he's not in this just to screw me and say, oh, I got a chance to fuck her and she was a virgin and now he's going to take off. So that that's a major concern for someone. Right. You, you, you realize, I don't think girls realize that fucking a virgin is not some big notch on a guy's bedpost. For some it is. I, N- not f- I Nah, not for many of them. There's a lot of them that just aren't like you, but you're right. Some we of them know, it's no we, big deal. We know there's not. There's a lot <laughs> that aren't like me. Probably, <laughs> they broke that probably mold. Probably for the benefit of the world. <laughs> yes, yeah. they broke the mold. Broke and... the mold and shot the guy that made the mold. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I did. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> um, all right. The next listener is Eyes Wide Open. Uh, he was actually one of the first people, I know he was listening from like episode one, because he was one of the first people to ever give a review on iTunes, um, so I know he's well, been listening you. for a while. Basically, he uh, he is married, but his sex life and his marriage has kind of fallen apart, and basically, he doesn't feel, you know, he's he has this, he has like an intimidation issue. Uh, he had, they had some rela- some issues in their marriage, and basically he is trying to get himself to get over those issues, even though he was not specific about what they were, so he can start going after his wife sexually again. Okay. Um, now, I made two suggestions for him. I gave him the sneaky path and the straightforward path. The sneaky path being kind of going back to the things that got him in her panties in the first place, because he needs to he needs to take control of his share of their sexual relationship again. Okay. Because um, he feels like he just can't go after it. Okay. Um, and then the uh, the straightforward path, obviously, is to sit her down and talk to her and just say, basically, our sex life is obviously not right, and I want to fix it, and, you know, so let's talk about that, and what can we do about it? So what, from a female point of view, and obviously you have known a lot of women who are in very similar situations, you know, after several years of marriage, a sex life that's basically gone into a coma, in his position, w- would you have any specific suggestions for him? Yes. Uh, first of all, I think that most women, not all, but most women, like a take-charge man. So 
if she's one of those type of people who also is a take charge type person, uh, you can kind of butt heads a little bit sometimes. However, even a take charge woman likes a man who's going to take charge. So first thing that I would do is I would recommend setting an evening of telling her, look at Friday night, I want you to come home at this time and uh, I'm going to have some things waiting for you. So, and it's, I hopefully it'll be a pleasant surprise. And then I think what he ought to do is have a nice dinner ready and waiting, candles, the whole, you know, some nice music, whatever they really enjoy music wise. It could be upbeat or it could be something romantic, but I prefer for myself, I would go with something more romantic. Uh, and then I would um, maybe have a, a set of blindfolds for her and fix up a nice bath for her after dinner, a nice relaxing bath after a long day that she's had and put her in the bathtub with um, blindfolds on and, you know, just kind of enjoy being with her. And then when he's all done with the bath, get you around. You are such a slut. What? You want this guy, you want this guy to try and go from, you know, from basically where he's too intimidated to take his wife's panties off for her, to blindfold her in the bathtub. I want him to take control. <laughs> I think that he needs to take the whole scenario back. And I think, yeah, I think, right, well, no, she's not, she might not be into that. So forget the blindfolds if you don't think that that'll work. Forget the blindfold, but you could still do the dinner, a, a nice warm bath for her, and then take her to the bedroom and lay her on the bed and start eating her pussy and, you know, right, get her so in the mood. In general, you're kind of, you're, you're suggesting the same basic sneaky program that I did, you know, uh, kind of a going back to going, basically seducing her again, going back to when you were dating and, you know, just pressing the reset switch. And, right, and but he has to set the resets, reset switch for himself as well because it sounds like he's having a hard time doing that because he can't, sounds like, either forgive her or get past whatever their issues were. So you have to, like, let it all out at the door. And when you walk in that door and you're going to have dinner ready for her and you're going to have the candles lit and you're going to have the music set, it's you. It's your evening and you're in control and you're going to have her enjoy that same evening and hopefully what it'll do is it'll just bring back a lot of romance for them and a lot of fucking and have a great time well and I, actually as a side note eyes wide open um you know I, we usually i talk a lot about guys demoting their dicks but it may be helpful for you to actually temporarily give yours a promotion right you know because your agree. dick wants to get in there and your head your you know your big head your brain is giving you some issues but i'm sure your dick knows perfectly well what it wants so you, know, you might want to try giving the dick a temporary promotion until you get this all worked out and then demote him again. It's a very difficult position, I think, to be in when you're married and you're having difficulty trying to be warm to this person that you are either angry with or disappointed in or whatever the case may be. But if you're really going to try and work at the marriage, you have to try real hard. And that means you have to set everything outside that door, that baggage, leave it outside that door. And sometimes for some people, it's a matter of going to a nice hotel instead of being you know, at, at the home. So, Oh yeah, actually that's a, you know, that is a good idea. Just try to get out of, you know, whatever your marital issues might be, you know, the home is kind of the focus and the ground zero of your marital issues. So it may actually be very helpful for him to get the two of them, even if it's just kind of a local hotel away for the weekend. Right. It may be very helpful to just get out of that zone and get to some place where you can, where you got the fresh start vibe going. Right. And I don't know if they have kids or not, but usually there's somebody that's willing to take your kids, even if it's for one night, but it'd be ah, great. Jam to the wall with a bowl of food. It'd be all right. <laughs> so if you, you know, can get away for a whole weekend, that would be great, and take the candles and can go out for a nice dinner and, you know, just have a, a, a great night. And I, odds are that they'll both really enjoy that and bring back some spark for them. 
Now, uh, the next, uh, well, the next thing I want to cover with you is Liam, who is Curious Kitties, dominant. Okay. Um, he wrote in, uh, well, I think you read this already, thanking us for getting to Kitty's question mm -hmm. as quickly as we did. And actually, her timing was great because she asked her question right when I was putting together the last listener mail episode. And uh, he was asking for any tips that we could give him on helping. Now, Kitty is his primary, and mm -hmm. they have a third. Uh, and from the way uh, from the way that we've traded, uh, or not traded emails, but uh, from some of the back and forth that we've done, it seems like both he and Kitty are kind of looking for a more long-term third. And whether or not it's this girl that they're playing with right now or another one, it seems like that's the direction that they're heading in. Okay. Um, like a long-term single third instead of, you know, like a rotating third playmate. Okay. Um, and he was asking for whatever advice we might have on helping his girls shed the social stigma bullshit that goes along with you know the lifestyle and threesomes and basically the, the social stigma shit of the sexual dark age my first suggestions to him were you know a that a lot of the social stigma stuff is not going to be as much of an issue really unless they go to a long-term situation because then you have parents and friends and if you're going to be in a long-term polyamorous relationship those are some of the things that actually can be the most difficult for people because you have to either decide to lie to your family and friends or you have to come clean about it. You know, and it's, I mean, it's, it, it is, uh, it is akin to gays coming out of the closet. You know, you, you have to choose whether or not you're going to tell the people in your family and the people that you love that you are essentially practicing a totally non-standard type of sexual activity. Right. A lot of what I mentioned to him kind of focused on trying to keep the girls in a good place. And okay. it is, it's my belief and, you know, my experience that if you can keep the relationship rewarding and positive, uh, I think what I said earlier was that positive experience is its own reinforcement. A lot of that bullshit will tend to melt away. But, you know, as, as the dominant, well, as any guy in that situation, you know, you're not, I mean, not for nothing, being in a relationship with one person, with one woman can be fucking stressful. I mean, being in a relationship with two women, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, you gotta man up and wait, bring wait, it to wait, the wait. table. Wait, you make it sound like it's all on the woman. You know, being in a relationship with two men can be well, a lot certainly, of work. Well, certainly, but that's not the case we're talking about here. That's not the case in point. <laughs> Very true. I just had to step in there for a minute. Oh, that's fine. No, it's perfectly Pink justified. Pink mafia and all that, you know. Yeah, so. perfectly justified, but not the case in point. <laughs> um, so, uh, specific, would you have any suggestions for Liam as A, a submissive, B, a submissive who knows a whole fuck ton of other submissives, you know, some of whom are in good places in relationships and some bad, um, what would you, what suggestions would you make to Liam as a dominant who is fairly new to group play, who wants to be successful and keep the positive tone that he has right now? Uh, a couple of things. Number one, when you're looking and you're not sure what kind of a, a situation is going to turn out between him and his primary and then going on to a third. If you're looking for a third and you're not sure which one is, you know, if that's going to be it. One of the good things that I found uh, that um, some dominants have done is sent the two submissives away for a long weekend by themselves to get to know each other. So it's um, it gets them a chance to know each other. I love it when she agrees with me with no prep time at all. <laughs> I didn't specifically suggest that, but oh. I, I said that the the core... Kind of one of the core principles is to make sure that the girls build a relationship together that does not involve the dominant. Which, by the way, that also uh, kind of helps when you're going to family functions and the two of them are 
considered a couple, if they're bringing their friend along, it's it's now maybe oh, yeah. well, Kitty's you, friend. Yeah, you can you bullshit can easily, that. Like, right. oh, yeah, my friend didn't have, or, you know, she, my friend didn't have some place to go for Christmas, so, you know, we're hoping she can come with us. Or Yeah, you can, I mean, you can buffalo that a little right. bit. Right, so it kind of also makes that person feel included. So there's several things I think one is is to make sure that Kitty often feels the, as the primary. And uh, again, that depends on what the dominant is actually setting up for himself with the submissives. Uh, but if his goal is for Kitty to always be the primary, then he has to make sure that she feels like she's the primary. And by doing that, the second submissive will feel loved and nurtured by both of them. So he might want to give some tasks for Kitty to do with the other submissive, and especially... Oh, I'm sure he's got tasks for the girls <laughs> to do together. Okay. Oh, you're probably thinking about something with clothes on, huh? No, 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 not necessarily. <laughs> uh, although what's really important, I think, as a, as a primary submissive is to make sure that she's the one that gets a lot of the attention to her pussy, per se, and things like that. Not that the other submissive shouldn't. She should... However, making sure that Kitty yeah, she should it should she should always get a little more. It right. should be obvious that she always gets a little more, and that was that was something that I talked about a little bit earlier too. Right. And it seems uh, from some of the things Liam has said, it seems like there is there is an open consideration. Uh, their their third might become a full partner in the relationship and equal to Kitty, but that is not the case right now. So so while that may happen in the future, it's not what's going on right now. So I did advise him to make sure. That she always, she is his primary, but I advise him to make sure that she always feels that way and that basically everybody knows it. Right. And they might choose to play with other people. And that might be where he decides it'll be Kitty and not the other submissive. So there's a lot of uh, different things there. But starting off slow and to build a strong relationship is is of the utmost importance. So if he wants to make sure that the relationship between him and Kitty stays extremely strong, I would recommend uh, making sure that she has a lot of input into the third person, that she's comfortable with the person, she trusts the person. Because a lot of uh, submissive and dominant relationships, what happens is when you integrate a, a third person and you add that third person in, sometimes that third person is a game player or... You know, they, they seem fine at first and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh no. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's actually a very good point to bring up because... They're uh, obviously bringing a person into a relationship. I mean, you may you may end up with a whack job just like you may end up with a whack job when you go on a first date with somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So you it, it takes time to build that. And so if they're both on the same page with it and he's making sure that Kitty's inclusive in a lot of the decision-making part of that, I would still suggest, though, for them to really be comfortable with each other, to send them away and then you get your the the guard gets down, you know set set away. It's the guard goes yeah, away. Yeah, I, I suggested making sure they go do girly shit together. But actually, maybe sending them away overnight or something might be uh, might be a more a little more intensive way to do that. It happened to me once. They I was sent to uh, New York with another submissive and uh, spent the a weekend. And I I knew her, but it was uh, to help us develop a, a stronger relationship, and and it worked. So. Oh, and one, actually, one other thing that I have not mentioned regarding Liam and Kitty, because they've come back to us a couple times now, uh, just so that you guys know, uh, the two of you have taken your relationship, Polly, you have had, well, at the time of your writing, you know, maybe more than that, but at the time of your writing, three threesomes with the same girl, and both the dominant and the submissive are in a good place about it, you know, and trying to streamline what they're doing. But the fact that you've had three threesomes and this is your first experience with group sex 
and a fucking bomb has not already gone off in your relationship, that's a very good sign. So, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, usually if there's, usually if there's going to be problems, it's going to be real early and they're going to be big problems really quickly. And my suggestion to Kitty is be extremely open and honest with your dominant. Make sure you tell him any of the insecurities that you might be feeling. It's normal if you do. And if you don't, then that's great. It just means that it's really, you have a, you know, uh, a lot of self-confidence, not only in yourself, but with this relationship that you're building with this other submissive. But make sure if you're insecure, don't be afraid to tell him because you he cannot work on it with you unless you really are open and honest with him. So that's extremely important. And that's why I was uh, sent away with this other one is because there was a little bit of a conflict there. And when we came back, it was like the best experience we ever had. So um, just make sure that you're really open and honest with them. Oh, very good. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about with you right now, uh, Chancer sent me an email with a few questions, actually, but he, you know, he invited me to break them up and talk about them as appropriate with other topics. Uh, one that I wanted to get to was piercing. He is, his question was regarding piercing, you know, whether or not they really do increase pleasure for men and or women. And I kind of covered the basics there, you know, like obviously pierced skin is more sensitive. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, uh, the one thing that I really could not speak to not having a Prince Albert and never having been fucked by a guy, the female point of view on Prince Albert's, I've talked to a lot of women about, but you know, with, uh, you know, with the pink mafia, uh, do you girls spend any time talking about or sharing experiences on a, uh, tongue studs, uh, B hood piercings or C Prince Albert's? Uh, do you have any general feedback regarding any of those three piercings? So uh, through the Pink Mafia group, yes, there's been a couple. Um, the ones with the hood per- piercing find it to be extra stimulating for them. Yeah, I've I've honestly, I mean, obviously getting a hood piercing in itself would be a somewhat intimidating proposition. I mean, mm-hmm. I, would, I would imagine for a woman because... Having, you know, some, having somebody shove a giant needle through my cock would be a fairly intimidating proposition. But I have never known a woman with a hood piercing that did not absolutely love it. Right. So I think that that's a definite plus, uh, for, uh, for a woman. Every, I don't have one, but every, but all of them that I sit with and talk with, they love it and said it's unbelievably good feeling. So have you ever had a guy with a tongue stud go down on you? Uh, no, I have not. But, a couple of my group have, and um, they didn't really seem to, one girl really, like, insisted on any guy that she has has to have a tongue piercing, and other ones didn't really have a comment on it one way or the other, so I didn't. Okay, and that, that kind of goes along with my experience, uh, you know, just kind of general ambivalence. I mean, you're either good at it or you're not, you know. If you're not good at licking pussy, the tongue stud isn't going to help. Right, so it could just be a fetish for this one submissive and... Um, well, yeah. some people are very much into piercings. So, I mean, if that's if that's really one of her things, you know. And there's nothing wrong with demanding a bunch of piercings if that's one of your things. And the only conversation I really ever had with, about Prince Albert is the fact that I wanted to know <laughs> how it felt for a woman to, you know, have a cock stuck inside of her with a piercing. You know, did it, was there a difference for her? Was there any different feeling? And they said no. It was nothing, no difference for okay, them. Okay, so you know, no big notable difference? No, and unfortunately I don't have a group of men that I sit around and talk to like I do at the Pink Mafia to find out how the men feel. Right. Well, you know, I mean, it, but Collins be, would be being good. able to do group play and especially casual sex with Prince Albert's or any kind of a cock pier. Prince Albert is a specific type of cock piercing. Anyone 
anyone curious, Google is your friend. You'll see probably more pictures than you ever wanted to of different types <laughs> of cock piercings. But, uh, you know, cock piercings uh, do not play well with condoms. So oh. you talk about new relationships or group play or casual sex. And, you know, they, if, you're, if you're a person who is big time into piercing and body modification, more power to you. But understand that there are that specific piercing has got some very significant downsides. Uh, if you are in a long-term committed relationship with somebody who wants you to have one, then, you know, more power to you. But, you know, you, you, you definitely think twice and then think a third time. Of course, I guess that would go with you. Anytime you're thinking about getting a needle shot through your cock, you should probably think twice and a third time. But Ouch. But uh, there might be some of your listeners out there that, you know, could share their experiences on that and do a call-in for Yes, you. as always. Anybody, actually, any guys out there with Prince Alberts? Any girls out there with specific experience regarding Prince Alberts? Or, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit more about piercings. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody out there with specific experiences and or strong preferences one way or the other, we'd love to hear from you. We, uh, if we get enough of them, maybe we'll do a whole show on piercings and body mods. Good idea. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up here, Shara. I've got a couple more things I need to say to the listeners, but I know you need to get going for the evening. I do. Yeah, so get the hell out of here. Go to work. <laughs> and I'll see you in a little while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And thanks again, listeners. And no, I, I almost forgot. Uh, anything uh, in general about any of these topics that you'd like to say to the audience before we run you out of here? No, I think I kind of covered everything that I had to say about it all, but I just appreciate everybody listening in and sharing. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure you probably shared with them that your numbers have increased. So um, I think that that's great that they're passing, a, you know, passing along your uh, podcast. And thank you for listening. And hopefully we're helping people out there. Yeah, well, I, I think we definitely are, you know, and it's like one person at a time. But every time I get one of those emails, I, you know, I don't like to pat myself on the back. So a lot of this shit I don't share with the audience. But I mean, I do, I have gotten some emails from people, you know, giving me very sincere thank yous and telling, uh, telling both of us actually that we've really helped them get past very difficult issues sexually. So that, I mean, that's the stuff that really makes it all worth it. And, and I wish I would have had somebody more often in my life telling, you know, giving me some advice or somewhere to go for advice. And uh, so I think that's one of the best things you could have done was starting the podcast. So. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that was kind of my, when we talked about it, that was kind of the, the original intention. You know, I wanted to do the show that I wish I would have had access to mm -hmm. when I was 16 years old trying to figure out what to do with a pussy. <laughs> exactly. But I just know one thing. You sure did manage to learn. Well, hey, so. practice, practice, practice. <laughs> so thanks again, listeners. And it's been another fun evening. Before I wrap things up here, I'd like to announce that Ending the Sexual Dark Age is now getting some airtime in the MMO Second Life, thanks to an enthusiastic listener. Every Friday at 5.30 p.m., Second Lifers can catch an episode of this show on SSC Dominion Radio. Many thanks to Inkspot for giving the show some exposure on his stream, and I would love to hear what your listeners think after they've gotten a little more of a taste. It seems once again that our time together is at an end, and I thank everyone for joining me. I'm still feeling like death warmed over and pretty much all my time is either spent working or sleeping, which means once again, I am a total fucking slacker on the t-shirt shop. One way or another, I will find the time this week to get all the current porno glyphs and probably a few wise-ass t-shirts up there too, and I'll be announcing all that on the show next week. Everyone, please feel free to join in the conversation by posting anonymously on sexualdarkage.com, especially by scribbling on the new bathroom wall emailing jvaltharos at gmail.com, or calling into the listener line at 517-376-3116.
You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter through links on the website. And if you have iTunes, please take the time to give me a good rating or review to help the show get out to more listeners. It's been a pleasure as always, and until next time, this be me, J.V. Authoros, reminding you that sex is one of the greatest things in life, and there is always room for better.